The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. I'm here in Tampa, Florida, and so excited about this show. We have an amazing guest, Alonzo Kelly, and we're going to have Todd actually read the bio. We have a, a very full show. We have a surprise guest coming on, a, a friend of mine who has uh, created a very amazing movie, and he's going to come in and share a little bit about his movie. So, Todd, without further ado, share the love about Alonzo. I will do that. And, by the way, I love surprises, and uh, I want to surprise everybody with First off, our, our, our guest today, Alonzo Kelly. He is a dynamic executive coach, professor, best-selling author, and radio show host. Uh, Alonzo has gained international and global attention as a premier consultant and strategist. He is recognized as one of the nation's leading experts on leadership development, strategic thinking, planning, and acting, which results in individual and organizational goal achievement. He has appeared on America's Premier Experts, which airs on major networks across the country, including ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. He has served over 1,000 individuals through personal and professional development, delivered training to a plethora of Fortune 500 companies, counties across the country, nonprofit organizations, and is consistently retained to be one of the... uh, top keynote speakers at large and small events across the country. But we get him today, and we are so excited to welcome to Amplify today, Alonzo Kelly. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I might have to uh, bring you with me on the road to do my intros, just for the record. (laughs) I'm happy happy to do it. I'd be happy to do it. (laughs) Yes, Todd, that was a splendid job, and not only that, it really matched the the vigor and talent that this uh, gentleman brings to the table. So, Alonzo, I guess the first question I have for you, well, let, before I ask that first question, we have to get a big shout out to Joyce White Nelson, because without her, we wouldn't be uh, in this conversation, and we wouldn't be affecting each other's lives. So, from an impact factor standpoint, Joyce White Nelson has uh, played a very big role in connecting us. Huge shout out to Joyce. Thanks, Joyce. <laughs> so, I want to know, why are you playing so small in life? Why am I playing so small? Um, Yeah, I mean, with that intro, I just am wondering, like, when are are we going to see the real Alonzo come out? (laughs) Maybe maybe it's a failed attempt at an elephant attempting to play (laughs) hide-and-seek. Well, I I am actually very, very impressed. Uh, It's it's awesome what you're doing. What caused you to uh, have this as your mission? Well, I, I'll take this lesson from my mom. She used to always say, be humble, but let them know. 
And uh, I grew up in Detroit. I am currently in Wisconsin that I pretend to love every day, but my my heart and everything is in the central city, Detroit. And, you know, there there's no taking that out of a person. And when you're raised watching the struggle, um, if it moves you, then you commit a lifelong service to doing something about it. Um, but the timing is always challenging, and a lot of people have to give themselves permission to do something about it. And I gave myself permission a little later, uh, but it's happening now. So that's, that's why that's my mission. And what, what do you mean by you gave yourself permission a little later? What, what was it like before, and how did that actually transition? I think for individuals, and I'm, I'm going to steer away from the term leader for a second, I think individuals are programmed to be mindful of their brand and what other people say about them. But there's really no class for an individual to learn when to not let that move you. And so whether it's uh, socioeconomic status or race or religion or gender or any of those other things, we're, we're all programmed that when you're born into a certain thing, whatever that is, then there's this community expectation that you're supposed to be a certain way. And I can't tell you the timing for everybody, but I do know that it's different. Well, one day you wake up and realize, you know, I think I'm going to sign my own permission slip to do what it is I want to do. And, and for some, that comes ridiculously early, and for some, it comes ridiculously late. Um, I'm just happy when it comes <laughs> for people. Well, you know, with what you're sharing as answers, I have to say that I guess this surprise guest that is going to be introduced sooner than later in the show uh, is a godsend because, uh, honestly, you and I talked o- over the phone just to get to know each other a little better before the show, and literally uh, 10 minutes before the show, a- an old friend of mine who went to school with me, we didn't even get to know each other that well at that time, has since uh, created books and movies, and he has a movie that that's out right now that I think he's coming into his calling right now at a very large level. And I think he's probably chomping at the bits to probably interject something. So, AJ, are you on the line? I am. I'm here. Hi. I mean, did you hear that bio for Alonzo? Were you chomping at the bit a bit uh, just to interject something? (laughs) I I was, especially uh, having uh, had a talk with Joyce uh, about him uh, as well, which uh, I thank you for. So it's a real pleasure to uh, to meet you, Alonzo. Well, Thank Alonzo, AJ Ali is uh, a film producer. He's an author, a speaker, and a very talented gentleman. And I, you know, this show is about you and what you're achieving with leadership. But when you give me the answers you just gave me, it totally made me understand that there is no accident with AJ being on the line right here because I had a, uh, I have a client. His name is Bobby Cambro. Jr. and he wrote a book about surviving the stop and it's about how police officers make bad decisions so the people that are stopped sometimes in reacting to those bad decisions that cause literally life and death situations to happen only because they're not thinking with a clear head or thinking with love and AJ has been uh, has worked with me on a TV show he allowed me in on a TV project he did called Goodfellas of Baltimore and that completely changed my life, and I'm thankful every single day for that opportunity that I got to be part of a project that big. But the project he's doing right now, I am 
uh, I'm involved in from a standpoint that I'm honored to help promote it. I'm, I'm honored to help market it. And I'm certainly excited that I made a good call in introducing Bobby Kimbrough uh, as an author, a speaker, to AJ, who uh, brought him in on the, on the project. So, AJ, without uh, you know, stealing your thunder, please share uh, your mission of this movie and ha- how Bobby really has transformed maybe possibly your vision. And then we're going to go back to Alonzo. Certainly, and uh, Alonzo, I just want to say that uh, the work that you're doing with, in leadership and, and, and strategic thinking is is something that I, I definitely want to have a sit down with you about uh, in regards to this film. The film is called Walking While Black with a subtitle of Love is the Answer, and it's offering a viable solution to uh, the, the problems of racial profiling and uh, excessive force and, of course, you know, the 14th Amendment. Uh, guarantees us equal protection under the law, and we're not seeing that uh, oftentimes. And it's played out too many times in the news, and uh, I scoured the country, literally all 50 states, looking for examples of people doing things the right way so that I could share those things with uh, with America. And we found that in, in Bobby Kimbrough and Melvin Russell, who's chief uh, uh, in Baltimore and and some others around the country, and we've put together a documentary film that's coming out in uh, January, uh, end of January, and hopefully it'll make a, a big difference, and hopefully we can do a lot of things uh, together, all of us, to, uh, to uh, get people to think with, with love in their hearts and putting it into action in their community. Can you do part two of that question with uh, your reaction to meeting Bobby Kimbrough and what a difference he's made to the project? Oh, Bobby's phenomenal. Um, uh, he he embodies integrity, and he wants to uh, to to just get other people to do positive things and and be their best in whatever profession. But especially with uh, within the world of law enforcement, uh, he is one of the most knowledgeable folks I've ever seen um, when it comes to doing things the right way. You know, tr- respecting people and and uh, really living out all that the badge means. So Bobby uh, Kimbrough is, is I, I wish he was a, a household name now because uh, American policing would be totally different if uh, everyone had a chance to see what's in this guy's heart. You know, AJ, with what you're going to be doing with this film, what Alonzo possibly can do with his network, what I'm committed to doing with my network, uh, Andrea Adams-Miller, who is also in the line quietly listening and probably excited about interjecting as well. She is a publicity person who's connected to all kinds of media. I, I promise you that we're going to do everything we can to get this message out because in getting this message out, things change like the indigenous uh, people's plight in the Dakotas with the pipeline. I mean, that is actually living proof that there is a social movement that wants love. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, the, the beautiful thing about what's happening there uh, is that the, the efforts that are being made are selfless. The efforts that are being made are, are efforts that will impact millions of people. You know, we're talking about a, a pipeline that uh, is not affecting a local area, but affects a good swath of the Midwest of America. So when you do something positive, when you act in, in love, and I use love as an acronym, it's, it's learn about your community, it's open your heart uh, to the needs of the community, it's volunteer yourself 
to uh, be part of the solution and then empower others to do the same. So they're, they're acting with love. Bobby's acting with love. Alonzo's acting with love. You're acting with love. And if we do more of that, we'll see less of the other. Well, I certainly want to have you on the show with Bobby for a full hour, and perhaps uh, Alonzo can come into that show and interject how his leadership uh, academy and, and what he's doing that actually embraces this message you're doing with the movie, and also uh, really the, the impact factor that uh, I was just at yesterday in Baltimore with Ken MacArthur, which is we all have an impact in the world, and when we actually understand that not doing anything is also an impact or doing something wrong is an impact that I would like to find out later how Joyce White Nelson's recommendation to meet Alonzo on the radio, but also bring you into this radio show. And then after the show, you two talking, collaborating, and I can't imagine you not creating something powerful, what the, the impact would be for, from that. So uh, why don't we have you, uh, you can stay on the line as long as you want, AJ, and you may even you know come back in, uh, if, if Alonzo has some questions, but why don't you uh, ask a question to Alonzo so there's a, a bridge back to him? I'll be happy to do that. Thank you, uh, Alonzo. Where would you like to see this country uh, a year from now? Because we've just gone through a horrible year. I think a lot of people just want to forget about 2016. But uh, what could what do you want to see us do as Americans over the next year to, to heal? Wow. Um, I appreciate the question. I am, I'm less emotional if that makes any sense. And so my hope for this next year is that we as a country, um, are more informed and get the narrative right. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. I find every reason in the book to be excited about things that happen to us as a country. And the reason I say that is because it forces people to understand how things happen. So th- this is going to be the best dance I've ever possibly done on a political topic. So work with me here. It'll be a two-step. <laughs> okay. I bet you now more people than ever are interested in learning how the Electoral College works. I bet you more people now than ever before are interested in learning what a president can and cannot do without permission. And that actually excites me, that it forces people to learn what's going on rather than assume they understand and be disappointed later a more informed, educated person, uh, and not education in the form of a formal degree, but access to information and can understand it, the more informed we are, the the easier it is, and and the greater sense of urgency it creates for us to love, if you will, to use your acronym. It's hard to love that which I do not understand, if that makes any sense. Totally. You know, that's actually the only reason that we don't love is because we fear what we don't know and we can't understand it. So we have to actually push ourselves away from it and not embrace it. And it's a sad situation because the more we educate, the more we actually remove 
hate and discrimination because it doesn't make sense. It's not a it's not a a born hereditary aspect of us as humans. It's it's learned. Right. And so so I I'm excited about what you just shared because the more we educate, the more we're going to embrace each other. That we're not only the same, but that we're so capable of synergy and collaboration and and being so powerful when we work together. We've had so much wasted energy in this in this country because of really stupid thinking. So, uh, did you have a question for AJ? I, I wanted to invite you to also return a question that you may have for him. Um, I'd just like to know where to tell everybody to learn more about the project. Now, that's in, a great in the question. Spirit of being informed. <laughs> <laughs> I love I that love question. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can go to walkingwhileblackthemovie.com. That's our website. And we also have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com, walkingwhileblackthemovie. And you have a trailer that is uh, already on the social media pages, correct? We have some uh, select clips. We haven't put together a formal trailer yet, but we've, uh, we've chosen a few uh, short clips from the film, and Bobby Kimbrough is, uh, is featured in one of those, and that's on our uh, website, and it's on our Facebook page as well. Yeah, I saw that one, and uh, Alonzo, I encourage you to check out Bobby Kimbrough's uh, clip because he is, he is a natural at being powerful. He's a natural at being honest, and he's a natural about being a leader, and since you're in the leadership game, I think... Uh, this will be an indirect connection to you that I can make that will be very powerful. And I think all of our lives are going to change for 2017 because of Joyce actually seeing a big picture and connect. I mean, she takes a lot of time to connect these dots. So I, I, I don't want to uh, overemphasize, but after being at the Impact Factory um, event yesterday with Ken MacArthur, and he's creating a movie, by the way, and it's called The Impact Factor Movie, and he's got he has 2,000 people that have already auditioned, want, want to audition for a part, and I think connecting you with uh, AJ, connecting you with Ken MacArthur, could be really synergistic for both of your movies to do better. Because really, when you think about it, Walking Wild Black and The Impact Factor, they have a lot of commonality in that you are talking about impact. Absolutely, that'd be great. Okay, so AJ, you're welcome to stay on uh, as long as you'd like. We uh, we end at six o'clock, so if you stay beyond six o'clock, I'm not going to guarantee we will be on the show at that point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Alonzo, let's. I, I'd like to return to uh, w- when it was in your life that you had this calling. Because I, I really am blown away that you've taken such a. Your bio is amazing. Your your uh, media kit sheet is is absolutely uh, astounding. So, w- w- at what point did you have this vision that you were going to be this powerful person? I know that you started late, but you had to have had an earlier vision. Yeah, so um, a little bit of brief personal story. So I spent uh, the first 10 years of my life in nine different foster homes. And then they gave my grandmother, the court gave my grandmother full custody of me. And then about a year and a half later, I was in another state at an all-boys boarding school. So you run across people who say sometimes, you know, I've been alone my whole life. And then very rarely do they literally mean that. Um, So I'll be the exception. I I literally mean that. Uh, So I've lived in Wisconsin since I was 13, and I've never lived at home again. So I really have been alone. So when you ask me when did it happen, um, it's it's almost like asking when are they going to add 
um, the the beauty part to a drowning contest. Like nobody cares what they look like if the goal is to survive. Um, and I woke up one day and I realized if what I want for my life um, matters to me, then there are some things I am going to have to do with or without other people's permission. Um, I'd, I'd like to say it happened in high school, but then I made some silly decisions in college like everybody does, and then you recalibrate, and then you think you got it right, uh, and you graduate from college, and then you do silly things again. So I, I enjoy the the constant recalibration, if you will, if you will. How does, how does that saying go? What got you here will not be enough to get you there. Like, I really like that because that's right. I do subscribe to that. Okay. And that makes sense. So was there a book, uh, or a mentor? Obviously you believe in mentorship. If you have formed this group about leadership, at what point did you find a mentor and who was that? Yeah, so my mentor, um, it, it was two people. It was my Boy Scout leader um, while I was in Detroit, and then um, a priest at the seminary that I was attending. So I mentioned all boys school, but I went to a seminary. I came here to study the priesthood. Now, for those listening, just let me say puberty hit my senior year, and I renegotiated the life plan. But that was <laughs> the original plan, uh, was, was to be a priest. So my Boy Scout leader, who... I watched through service give selflessly to a bunch of boys every weekend, knowing that he had a full-time job. Like, there's something about that that I always found to be cool. Um, and then I really like um, what the priest at the seminary was doing, just in terms of, these weren't just regular priests, these were Capuchins who take a vow of poverty. And I had always been led to believe that in order to make a difference you had to have money and to watch a group of people just have such a major influence without material means I just combined the two and said somehow some kind of way I'd like to rhyme that and so that's that's what I do now and are they still alive they both are they both okay are. well let's give shout outs name them all right so shout out uh, shout out to um, Ken Matieski and Pete Bloomster, my my Boy Scout leaders. Um, and then I feel really bad about naming one priest because the school is run by him. So let's just say all the Capuchins at St. Lawrence Seminary High School in Mount Calvary, Wisconsin. The reason I asked you to do that, Alonzo, is because you're making such a difference in so many people's lives. And if they just refer to you as that executive leader, that executive coach that really made a difference, I, I, I want you to hear your name often too, because it's important that when you're doing this great work that you're acknowledged at least, you know, 1% of the time, because you, you're making a difference beyond any, any calculable uh, number because uh, the ripple effect is just so large. So um, I'm, I'm glad you shared their names. Uh, Andrea, since you're on the line, did you have a question you'd like to finish the segment with? Um, yeah, I do. Um, you know, Alonzo, when I'm, you know, I was listening to everything that you guys are sharing, and I've really, uh, I love that you are taking the time with each person, really, you know, that is really them. So overall, like the top two messages that 
surprised you when you decided that you were going to present them? What, what surprised you that you decided that this part was really important that maybe other people hadn't addressed before? Um, I'm, I'm surprised at how much of the obvious we ignore. And if, if I were to give away a trade secret, it's that. And, and I'll give you an, an example in the, in the spirit of diversity. Um, and I'm a big fan of meditation, so I'll throw this out in the universe and have people just process it for a minute. So if my grandmother was born in Philadelphia, Mississippi in 1929, and if you know anything about Philadelphia, Mississippi, that was where the four um, people ended up missing that they made the movie Mississippi Burning after. So if my grandmother was born there at that time and then has a child in 1950, which would be my mother, you've got two people now who are influenced by their environment. So this little girl born in 1929 has a daughter who still can't go to any school she wants, can't drink out of any water fountain any time she wants because Brown versus Board of Education hadn't happened. And then that woman has a child. So I like to ask people on stage, when my grandmother sent me off to college, how do you think that send-off went? You know what? Do not look people in the eye. Do not talk back to people. I still say, because you probably heard me say it, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And people are really quick to say to me, I am not a sir. Well, you know what? The intention was not to be disrespectful, but what you're doing is completely ignoring what's a part of my DNA. So to answer your question in the spirit of diversity, that's one thing that surprised me, that we all want to embrace diversity and inclusion, and there's a large movement of people that say, I just want to move on. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) I still have a hard time forgetting about the people that punched me in the face in kindergarten. What do you think somebody 80 years old and over of any race is not able to get over? So, so that's what I do. I like to point out the obvious, and I am surprised at how much of the obvious in leadership or diversity or communication we tend to ignore. So rather than overcomplicate things, which I'm allergic to, I have made my sweet spot talking about the obvious. Well, I really well, appreciate that you say that. I mean, this is very poignant. Uh, my dad grew up uh, thinking that he was Mexican his whole life and being bullied about that, and I did a little bit myself. And then we did a DNA test, and we're not even from Mexico. We're from Iberia, which was, is Portugal and Spain. So, you know, it's kind of funny that, you know, like we were bullied for something that we weren't even that, but then yet it's the same thing. It doesn't matter where we were, the fact that people were identifying us as something different. It, it, and, it's, it's, and, you know, of course, it's, you know, from... Are you too black or are you too white or are you, you know, too bold, poor Ken? You know, I see this goes all over the place. People are always coming up with something to discriminate on other people. So I really appreciate that you are addressing that. AJ, did you have a comment? No, I'm I'm just uh, enjoying listening and learning to this. This is great stuff. Yes, likewise. And I I don't want to get into a, a very long next questions so we're going to be cutting a break right now we'll be back in a couple minutes and we're going to talk about some of the other things you're doing at your uh, leadership group okay 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the show so far. That first segment went by in a snap. Alonzo, you're a brilliant leader, a brilliant uh, guest, and I've really enjoyed the commentary and conversation and, and also you being such a, a, an inviting guest to allow AJ Lee, the director of Walking Wild Black, to be part of the show. And I think that added a, a nice element to the conversation as well. So we are talking about a question that Andrea was asking you in the end of the first segment. How can people learn to be more considerate and have the role that would be uh, more inclusive so that they weren't purposely being ignorant or avoiding uh, the knowledge that would actually change to make them more powerful? Yeah, so thank you for the question. I'm a, Again, I'm a big fan of getting the narrative right, and one of the things I've learned, even with this word leadership, is when you press somebody to give a definition of it, what are there, about 326 million people in our country? You get 326 million different definitions. So 
just let me say, the views expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect the views and attitudes of all leadership development definition people. With that, I would say that if your thoughts and actions have the ability to influence those around you, then that's leadership. One, one of the things I, I ask people just to mess with them a little bit is I, I give them the scenario that somewhere right now there is a child picking up a piece of trash in a parking lot and throwing it in, in the trash bin. Nobody asked him to do it. Nobody saw him do it. But he did it anyway. And I ask people, is that leadership? And you should watch how people struggle with whether or not that's being a leader. Uh, some people say that there needs to be other people involved. Uh, others say absolutely because of the action. You know, when you ask what can people do, I would start with the obvious and just remind them that their thoughts and their actions have the ability to influence other people. So give yourself permission to think about what your thoughts and actions have the impact, you know, have the ability to have an impact on a child. And then I'm biased in my opinion that I would like for you to serve those children where those opportunities are not obvious. So I am committed to the black male high school graduation rate in Detroit. Others are committed to serving kids in foster care. Some are committed, um, you know, to serving kids in different groups. Now, again, my personal opinion where I struggle is watching one person think that they can have a major influence on every child. And, and that's just not possible. I'm, I'm unapologetic about picking a group of kids and then serving that group. And that's, that's where I would say you start. Find a group that you are passionate about, a cause that you are passionate about, and give everything you can to that cause. And do not apologize that you can't give everything to everybody, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. And I'm, I'm imagining, uh, in knowing that you're a father, you're, uh, you have two children. Uh, what, do you, what are their ages and uh, gender? Yep. So, fourteen-year-old daughter and a nine-year-old son. Okay, so I imagine that you take a lot of pride in being a, a father who is instilling these uh, characteristics. Well, I think pride is an understatement because, in the spirit of transparency, um, I do not know who my father is, and nor did I grow up with a man in the house. So, every day for me is on-the-job training. So when I watch my son say on, a, on you know, a day of service, hey, Dad, we should go to the sub shop and just buy subs for all the fire people, or, hey, Dad, we should give your clothes intentionally to this group of homeless men. You know, like that, that's how I know I'm doing it right, and not because I was taught to do it right, but I feel good that I'm doing it right. So, yeah, I take a lot of pride in being a father. Well, I cheated and I looked at your personal uh, Facebook page and saw <laughs> the pride that you have in, in your son and that he is causing you to grin from ear to ear because he's an example of 
the person you want to raise him to be, but also that he's proud to be the individual that's a compliment to who you're raising him to be. So I, I yeah. uh, bravo to you for doing that. And I think even people that have fathers, they may have had a bad father or they have picked up their own bad habits or as my dad said, I didn't come with a manual either. So <laughs> I think all fathers have a lot of decisions to make. And one of the decisions my father made was that my character was my number one asset. And without that, without that, that asset, I actually had nothing. I would be completely uh, poor as a, as a human. And uh, I remember one time I, I stuck into a movie theater and brought him money back. Uh, it was it was in the uh, it was the military base in Germany, and I brought him back to twenty five or fifty cents because I snuck in the theater, and I thought he'd be so proud of me for bringing the money back. And man, he says, "Well, we're heading over to the theater right now." And I said, "No, no, not there." And so I had to I had to confess what I had done. I had to apologize for it. And he was a man of uh, if I messed with integrity, I lost his respect. So. Uh, it, it was a very big deal. So I, I take fatherhood seriously, just like you do. And since you are working with you so much, I'm imagining that with the new year coming upon us and you being a big proponent of goal setting, that you, you get people in the right mindset for how they approach success. Would you mind sharing how you do that? I, I do. Um, and thank you. Thank you for the question. So first of all, um, New Year's resolutions are a joke, and that's how I feel about it. I cannot think of a single thing that is important to me that I should wait for an arbitrary date to start. So when somebody asks me to help them with the New Year's resolution, I always refer them to somebody else. For me, that means you're just not as serious about it as you say you are. Secondly... I'd like to remind people that there are 293 ways to make change for a dollar. In other words, you have access to everything you need to accomplish a goal if you can get out of your own way and think the only way to accomplish it is by having something else. And that's something my mom taught me, that I can get everywhere I need to be just making right-hand turns. And when the, when the road is blocked on the left, it does not mean you turn around and go back home. Three rights make a left. So I like challenging people to take everything they have access to, almost like the modern-day MacGyver. Remember that? Now I'm going to date myself. But <laughs> whatever he needed, he always had access to. Like, you need to pick a lock. Here's a stick of gum and a rock. You know, like, he just figured it, he figured it out. So... Um, those are the first two, two things. Do not wait for some arbitrary date to start doing something that you say matters. Second, there are 293 ways to make change for a dollar. Uh, and then third, there is a difference between strategic thinking, strategic acting, and strategic planning. And the sooner we recognize that, the, the more efficient we are at accomplishing our goals. Excellent. I, I have a book coming out that you're going to be featuring, and I think Joyce might have shared it with you. It's called Amplified Gold, and it's the gold nuggets we got from each of these episodes memorialized so that if anyone wanted to look up a certain episode, a certain person, or even a certain topic, it can be indexed in the book. Because I think these shows can never be marketed well enough because I, I bring in people that are much larger than life and possibly even much larger than the show deserves. And I, I am so blown away sometimes that I, I pinch myself. I, I can't believe I have someone in the show that actually knew Napoleon Hill, 
hired Napoleon. I mean, it's just mind-boggling some of the people we've had on the show. And you'll certainly get a copy of this book. But you added something in your bio that I really appreciate and I might have to add to the book, um, the, the, book uh, the book questionnaire, which is the mission. So uh, this could easily be part of your bio, but I think it, it's a nice synopsis to reflect on, and it's related to goals. Uh, so Alonzo's mission is... And I quote, our mission is to evolve the journey of professionals by providing access to key resources necessary to achieve set goals. And then I'm going to read a quote that he also shares that I I really uh, want to embody because not everyone shares the quotes that they create. And it is, what is the point of setting a goal if you can't, won't achieve it? Allow me the honor of helping you with your goal achievement. So with those two uh, pieces shared right now, why is a goal so important and why is it so hard for some people to achieve a goal? And then what is the secret in your opinion for actually reversing that and achieving it? Wow. So why, why is it so hard for people to set a goal and why is it so hard for them to achieve it? Yes. Um, I think part of the problem, or not problem, but part of the challenge with goal setting is people think they know what they want, and then they're halfway there and then realize that's not what they want, so then they're they're not sure what to do next. Um, You know, it's funny. I posted literally in the last hour a picture on social media of me with um, some kiwi and a cut-up apple and a jar of peanut butter, and I wrote, that, yes, I would like to eat a Whopper and a Big Mac right now, but what's the goal? You know, Mm. if if the goal is just to eat to be full, then a Big Mac will do. If the goal is to eat healthy and achieve some type of fitness goal, then i got to eat an apple and peanut butter. And I like to throw those out there that, again, you know, there's 293 ways to do this, but if I am not clear on what the goal is, then any number of options will get me there. And maybe that's not what I wanted. So yes, I can eat a Big Mac and be full and then be paying for it later. And that's what I think people, people struggle with. Um, not asking better questions. I like to put hashtag ask better questions. Um, another way to look at it is, you know, if I'm, if you pick, if you picture a major, metropolitan city and you know and you're parking your car and you're outside a parking meter and somebody walks up to you and says do you have change for a dollar and you say yes i do and you hand them two rolls of pennies i want you to read their reaction to you (laughs) almost as if you did something wrong but 50 pennies is a dollar you weren't clear on the goal and i'm not going to own the outcome for you so I'm just big enough to get away with that. Maybe I wouldn't suggest everybody do that, but it drives home a point that you let your why drive your how, and that's where this goal setting comes in. Well, Alonzo, what I do when someone asks me for, they say, do you have change for a dollar? I say yes, and I just walk away. So I hope, I guess that's (laughs) not too good either. (laughs) You know, um, with AJ being on the line, I, I want to say something that I, I hope he appreciates and maybe can uh, throw some input in, is Ken MacArthur uh, on the stage talked about his Impact movie. And people were saying, well, when's it going to be done? And he says, my goal is not to get it done. My goal is to get it right. 
And he says, so that allows me the freedom to have this keep building and I'm going to put out a movie that I can be proud of instead of just putting out a movie called The Impact Factor. So, AJ, do you want to share how long you've been working on, you know, this this goal? I, I mean, I know I know your age. I know how long you've been doing yeah. this. And and I, I I'm sorry about the laughing, but you and I can appreciate when we have a dream how many <laughs> obstacles and frustrations we've had to overcome to get close to that completion, which is where you are right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I've been working on this for 53 years. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and 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 two months. <laughs> okay, so, uh, and then you came up with the idea. Um, Alonzo, can we take a minute just to share the premise of how he came up with the movie and how long ago it was, just yeah, so that yeah. maybe yeah. you can help him with the goal of actually having this even bigger? So this uh, this is kind of like working in the space of uh, spontaneity. So, AJ, tell the, the shorter yeah. version of the story so we can do the, round, uh, the, the rapid fire questions. Go ahead. Okay, certainly. So I've been working on the film for four and a half years, started in, in uh, June of 2012. Columbia, Maryland. Uh, yeah, so I, I've been racially profiled uh, every decade of my life since I was a teenager. And uh, about a um, uh, dozen times, and a half a dozen of those times happened in Howard County, Maryland uh, in one year. Uh, the Howard County Police Department um, actually targeted me, and I, I found out to the extent of how they were targeting me because at some point uh, a female officer uh, in plain clothes uh, came up to me and said, I know who you are, and and your likeness has been spread throughout the whole department, and after you get done working on the film on racial profiling, I wish you would do one on sexual harassment. So uh, I was stopped for walking on a, a street called St. John's Lane uh, by a young white officer who determined that uh, it was a neighborhood that I didn't belong in. Um, and after he, two of his uh, friends, uh, co-workers, uh, came and, and kept me on the side of the road for almost an hour after threatening me, and, and uh, I, I was able to get out of there intact. But it was that point that I knew that I needed to do something, and um, that's when I started down this journey of, of, of doing the film, and that's when they started down the journey of trying to harass me and my wife every opportunity they, they could get. And yeah. so, uh, so I just wanted to say uh, that I want to share this in, this in this segment because that young white officer was the final, the final straw. And had he been the first frequency yeah. in your life, AJ, you may have dismissed it as, hey, this guy's ignorant. But you've seen so much ignorance, and he had the impact he had the impact that caused the movie. Had that officer not been around, taking the day off or whatever, we may not be on the show together talking about this. And this is what blows my mind is something really great is coming out of something really, really bad. And I am so behind what you're doing, AJ. And I, you know, I'm thinking Thank of you. every single way that we can spin the, uh, your, your trailers every which way we can because the more people that see it, the more people are going to share it and then we're going to have a movement. And, and the movement is love. And so uh, let's, uh, let's go to rapid fire right now. AJ, um, I'm, I'm going to ask a question uh, to Alonzo, and then and it's going to be Andrea, then Todd, then it's going to be you. And the idea is to get it out as quick as possible, first thing that comes to mind, okay? So, uh, Alonzo, what are you most proud of? My son. Okay. Andrea? 
I'd like to know, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? I am lactose intolerant. Right, what is your so, that, so that'd be sherbet. Is that sherbet? <laughs> okay, or ice, ice, whatever. <laughs> Todd, um, Butterfinger. Is that your Alonzo, question, Butterfinger? <laughs> that was hey, my hey, Alonzo. Hey, Alonzo, it's Todd. What are you best at doing around the house? Staying out of the way. <laughs> AJ. Okay, MacGyver was the man, so in that spirit, <laughs> if you had a choice between a million hours of good health or a million dollars and poor health, which one would you choose? Oh, that question sucks. Um, I'll take good health. <laughs> I'll, I'd like to explain why that sucks later, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, go, ahead go ahead and explain it. We may not have time. Go ahead, explain. <laughs> okay, so I'm, where, I'm completing my dissertation on the sucker's choice. And my dissertation is exactly what you just asked me. I am asking a group of black men between the ages of 18 and 25, would they, um, if I had a billion dollars to fix health care or education, which one would they have me pick? And the root of it is it's a sucker's choice. They should be rejecting my question, but they are rationalizing picking one over the other. So I'm laughing that that's what you just asked me to do. <laughs> oh, that's good. Small world. All right. Sure and uh, AJ is. <laughs> uh, Alonzo, your favorite book? Uh, it's Your Ship. Uh, a book by uh, a Navy captain running a, a battleship. Okay. Andrea? I'd like to know your favorite board game. My favorite what? Board game. Board. Board game. Oh, chess. All day, every day. <laughs> okay, so I have to say that uh, I just heard a Stephen Wright joke, and I rarely even say a joke, so this just, I read it last night. It was uh, Stephen Wright asking, why is Monopoly only uh, made by one company? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love Stephen Todd. Wright. Okay. I do too. Todd, go ahead. Alonzo, if you could go one place in the world that you haven't been before, where would that be? Africa. Just, just the, just the continent. <laughs> just, I just want to put my toe on the continent of Africa, where I'd be welcome. <laughs> okay, so my son so is there part, right now. As a matter of fact, <laughs> what what part of Africa? Um, with? I ha I have a bucket list goal to go to the Congo. Okay. Because there's 50 countries in Africa, and I, I imagine yeah. uh, that since I just got back from Egypt and I've been to probably about 14 of the countries, I can, I can say that it's like going to a different state in the United States sometimes, or it's, it's just completely uh, a new experience. So Congo is where you'd, you'd like to be drop shipped uh, to check it out with your toe, right? Yes, I want to see a silverback gorilla while I still can. Okay, awesome. AJ? What's the number one thing for young people to implement in their life to take them down a path of success when they don't have adults around them who are leading them in that direction? Uh, give yourself permission to be amazing. You, you do not need anybody's permission to be that. Alonzo, yes. Alonzo, what are you most afraid of? 
losing. Anything in particular? Um, I am a person who believes you lose gold, not win silver. So, losing. Andrea? I'd like to know which uh, black actor that you think portrayed the best character in what movie? It's a, it's a, but it's short, 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 short. <laughs> uh, Denzel Washington, Malcolm X. Awesome. Todd? What's your favorite sport, Alonzo? Basketball. Oh, AJ, sorry. Uh, I'd like to know which white actor played the best role in a uh, movie. Um, Al Pacino, Scent of a Woman. Oh, good one. Nice. I would like, I would like to know the best North Korean actor that you <laughs> saw. <laughs> North Korean. Uh, I believe that one of the characters in Five Deadly Venoms was not Chinese. I think it was the Toad. <laughs> Um, what is a, a book you'd recommend to a, a, a child that needs inspiration? The Bible. And second book? Um, oh, man. Uh, Define Child. Uh, let's go with uh, 12. Um, the Spirit Catches You When You Fall Down about how um, Hmong Americans and their our confusion with them in our healthcare system kind of speaks volumes to all of us and our misunderstandings of one another's heritage and culture. Okay, I'm cheating because you're hitting a nerve right now. Um, how often do you have your child read, or how did you get them to approach reading? Um, every day. And um, you said short answer, right? So I buy, I buy tours toys for my kids under the dollar a day rule. So I will spend $1 for every consecutive day I think you're going to play with a toy. So that's why I think it's silly when people ask me if I have a PlayStation in my house. That thing's $399. I wouldn't let them play with that 399 straight days anyway. But I will reward extra money for extra time spent reading. Okay, we got enough time for, I think, everyone to have one more question. So, Andrea? If you had to come back as an animal, which one would you be? Uh, silverback gorilla. I love those. <laughs> okay, Todd? Yeah, something about silverback gorillas, that's for sure. <laughs> you got to <laughs> yes, see one. I, I hope that you do. Uh, what, uh, what's your favorite kind of car? Uh, favorite kind of car that I fit in, um, <laughs> Cadillac Escalade. That's what I'm sitting in now. <laughs> AJ? At what point is a person irredeemable? Never. How do people reach you? And that's the final question. Uh, com. Alonzo, you are amazing. We are honored to have had you on the show. Can't wait to put you in the book as well. You have been amplified, and you are uh, the type of leader that I want to amplify. So God bless you. 
And we look Thank forward you. to this relationship continuing and having you on the show when Bobby Kimbrough and AJ Ali are back for the launch of the Walking Wild Black. Thank you very much, AJ, for making an appearance on the, the Thanks, show. Thanks, everybody, and thanks to Joyce as well. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great night. Thanks. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashawn again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.